0: Amen. So Leviticus chapter nine is uh, the it's the beginning of priestly ministry is is where. So we've seen this all building up at right? the end of Exodus, where the Lord says that there's that priesthood is going to be established and this is how things are going to go. So, and then God gave uh, Moses the instructions on how things were going to go uh, regarding uh the sacrifices and uh, how the priests were to conduct themselves, even what the priests would would wear and, and the tabernacle. And we saw, we, we saw the tabernacle built in our study, right? We saw the priests' uh, robes being made. and uh, we uh, saw uh, Moses telling Aaron and his sons how they were to do uh, their things. And last week we got into the consecration of Aaron and his sons, Uh, in their priesthood. So uh, now their priestly ministry is beginning, and uh, now they're picking up and they're moving forward uh, from here on out uh, with uh, carrying out the daily sacrifices and leading the people uh, uh, spiritually. So uh, verse 1 of Leviticus 9 says, It came to pass on the eighth day that uh, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel and said, to Aaron, take for yourself a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. So the eighth day uh, after seven days of their consecration. So they uh, at the end of their consecration, Moses told them that they needed to stay where they were for seven days. So on the eighth day, right after that had uh, had been fulfilled, Moses now uh, calls Aaron and Aaron's sons and the elders of Israel. And, and those would be the ones that are responsible for leading and ministering to uh, and serving the flock of Israel. So uh, Moses is calling all the leadership together, uh, political leadership and spiritual leadership uh, together. And he tells uh, Aaron and his sons that they were to uh, take for yourself a young bull uh, as a sin offering. So uh, this is more specific speaking to Aaron. And uh, so before Aaron could minister to others, he needed uh, himself uh, to offer his own sin offering. And uh, and, and so we see the, uh, the sin offering and then we see that there was a requirement for uh, a, a ram for the burnt offering. Both were to be without blemish and uh, they were to be offered to the Lord. Uh, so... Uh, what we see is the beginning of the burnt offering here uh, every morning and every evening. Now, if you want to go back and look into that Exodus 30, uh, 29, uh, we'll explain that also. So if you're you know, a note taker, uh, you want to go back and, and look at that. Exodus 29 uh, is, uh, is now being established here uh, regarding the, uh, the daily... Uh, offerings that would be offered in the morning and in the evening. So uh, now they had to start each day with these offerings to the Lord for their own imperfections. So the priests uh, would carry these out every single day. There had to be offerings made because they're not perfect. So uh, so they're doing this every morning, every evening. Uh, but uh, it's, it's important for us as Christians to understand that there was one that came after them. Hebrews 7 is where we're going to look at here in a moment, that, that, that uh, there was no longer a daily sacrifice offered uh, that, that was required for this high priest. Uh, for the high priest that we're studying right now, for Aaron, because he's a sinful man, uh, he needed to offer uh, these offerings in the morning and in the evening. But Hebrews uh, twenty five verse, uh, 7, verses 25 through 28 say, Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices." first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weaknesses. But the word of of the oath which came from the law appoints the son who has been perfected forever. So the, the, the earthly high priests needed to offer for themselves but there was one that had a greater priesthood, a superior priesthood to the earthly high priesthood, uh, and that was Jesus Christ himself. In verse 27 again says, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, uh, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So what we see happening here was God's requirement uh, for uh, this high priest Aaron uh, to make a uh, sin offering and a burnt offering for himself, uh, but once uh, Jesus Christ came and fulfilled that, that was no longer uh, required. Verse uh, three, and the children of Israel shall speak, saying, uh, to, uh, sorry, to the children of Israel, uh, you shall speak, saying, take a kid of the goats as a sin offering, and a calf as a, and a lamb, both of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering, also a bull and a ram as peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. So they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. So uh, one thing that uh, as we progress here, part of the ordination Uh, included making an offering for the people. Uh, So uh, what we see here is the priest being sanctified and the people being sanctified at the same time. Uh, So after the priest uh, uh, completed what they were required to do, uh, then uh, they would uh, minister for the people. So uh, what was required was a kid of the goats as a sin offering, a, a calf and a lamb as a burnt offering. So both in their first year and without blemish. So, uh, And then we see the bull and the ram for the peace offering and even the grain offering. So, And then it says, for today the Lord will appear to you. So God's glory uh, is what separated Israel uh, from pagan nations. So pagan nations would, uh, would make their own offerings, but the fact that God's glory was going to, uh, to visit them today was the difference, right? So, so they're, they're serving false gods. Uh, you know, makes me think of uh, what we talked about on on Sunday regarding Elijah. Elijah's just just taunting uh, the the uh, the the prophets of the fake God, right? Of the false God, uh, uh, Baal, and saying, "What are you doing here? You know, they're four hundred and fifty to one, and and he's just mocking. Oh, he must be sleeping. Maybe he's eating. Maybe maybe he's using the bathroom or." you know, deeply thinking or something. He's a little bit dis- uh, uh, distracted. You know, where is your God? And then what does he do? He calls out to the Lord and the Lord answers and, and uh, burns up the whole uh, the whole sacrifice. And, uh, you know, when when you can consider the, the other uh, things that you can read in Isaiah and in, in, in Jeremiah uh, in, in throughout the prophets that, that uh, call out those that are ser- uh, that are serving fake gods, false gods that they that they've uh, fastened with their own hands, right? They can't do anything. They can't speak. They can't hear. They can't see. There's nothing they can do. So, so when Moses is telling them, hey, God is going to appear today, for today the Lord will appear to you. They understood this to be the glory of the Lord that was going to uh, come down, and uh, they were going to experience that. So the one and only true God uh, was uh, going to be there actually with them in his glory. So uh, all of these instructions... And the laws that we've seen uh, being uh, explained uh, throughout, uh, you know, the Book of Exodus and even in uh, Leviticus. In, as far as our study goes, uh, so far we've see, we're seeing these things now uh, coming to uh, in into play here. So verse five says that they heard and they that they obeyed. You know, when when you're looking at what verse it says, and that then uh, so they brought what Moses commanded. Uh, before the tabernacle meeting, and the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. So uh, what's being explained in verse 5 is that they heard, they obeyed, and uh, they listened to what Moses had to say, and uh, they obeyed it. So now the congregation drew near, and they stood before the Lord. Uh, Verse 6, then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do, and the glory of the Lord will appear to you. And Moses said to Aaron, go to the altar, offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people. Offer uh, the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord had commanded. So this is a big moment. They they just uh, told them that the Lord was going to uh, to appear to them. And now he's telling Aaron, here we go. This everything's starting right here. And uh, God has, uh, he, he points out that God has command, commanded this, and uh, he's going to appear. So Moses goes to Aaron and, uh, and, and tells him to go to the altar. And he was to offer for his sin, like we discussed earlier, and to offer a burnt offering, to make atonement for himself and the people as the Lord had commanded. Now, remember, we talked about this last week. Uh, it's said several times in uh, uh, chapters 9 and 10, and we're going to see it also as we progress through, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded. And Moses will say, as I said, or it will say, they did this as Moses said, as God said, right? So we understand there's an importance there. It's it's being said several times of of uh, carefully following what the Lord said and following the leadership, uh, the, the commands of the leadership, uh, over us. Those are important uh, lessons for us as we uh, progress through in our study. So, uh, uh, verse 8, Aaron went; uh, therefore went, right? So, I was just talking about that. God commanded uh, Moses, Moses commanded Aaron, and Aaron went and did it. There's a great lesson there. You know, when we hear, uh, it, it, it may be something that uh, the Lord may use me during a service to speak to you uh, from the scripture, right? And And I can say, forth telling, right? I can say, well, God says here in this scripture, and as I'm saying those things, that's forth right? And I, I'm telling you uh, what the scriptures say, and, and God will use his word uh, because we, we understand that faith comes by hearing. When we hear the word of God, and, and we hear that by faith, then we apply those things to our lives, and, and the Lord may speak to us. And it might be something from an obscure uh, uh, scripture that we're reading. You know, I had no idea that from this, uh, you know, the Lord was going to speak to me, but I heard his voice say this. And then he pointed to this situation right in my heart or in my mind. Uh, that I, you know, Sometimes I think we go to familiar verses and we say, well, I, you know, I want the Lord to speak to me and I'm just going to go look at this. And uh, maybe that's the Lord leading us there. But sometimes, you know, God will speak to us uh, in in a way that we're not uh, prepared. We're not expecting. And then we see in the word like, whoa, wait a minute and And the Lord says, "Yes, I've got you right here where I wanted you at this time. You're amongst brothers and sisters in a church service or in a bible study or or whatever it is and and you may just be skipping along uh in our lives, or we maybe not just you me, I'm not just preaching to you guys, but including me, we might be walking along and skipping along in our faith and and uh just kind of going along and then boom, whoa, this is a command of the Lord, and I see this here and I need to apply this to my life or, you know, God's telling me to be obedient right here. And and it was very clear to Aaron, uh, his the leadership in his life, the spiritual leadership in his life was Moses. And uh, the Lord spoke to Moses and Moses would relay that. And uh, so uh, as Moses instructed him, he did. And uh, there's a great lesson for us there. Now, uh, we don't have to make things uh, dramatic. When we hear from the Lord, we hear uh, some sort of command or instruction from the Lord. Uh, when we hear it, just be a doer of the Word and not a hearer, uh, you know only. We don't we don't have to um, get nervous. We don't have to just, hey, you know what, Lord, I, I heard that from you, and i I believe that uh, you're speaking to me about this. Would you please confirm that? The Lord will confirm it, and then we move forward. right? So my encouragement to all of us here is when we hear the Lord speaking. Uh, be a a doer of the word that we hear and then uh, we're walking in obedience, walking in obedience to the word of the Lord uh, as he speaks to us. So God directed Moses. Uh, Aaron uh, listened to Moses as his leadership and did what he was told. Uh, And this was for himself. So uh, it continues explaining what he did. Verse nine, then the sons of Aaron brought the blood to him and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar and poured out uh, the blood on the base of the altar. Uh, But the fat, the kidneys and the fatty lobe from the liver and of the sin offering, he burned on the altar. And the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses, there it is again, right? Uh, The flesh and the hide he burned uh, with fire outside the camp. So I'm hoping for the group that's here, because I think we've all been here studying this, that this all sounds familiar, right? When you start talking about the fat and and the fat from the the fatty lobe of the liver and the kidneys and all that stuff. This should all sound familiar, and that's a good thing for us, right? Don't read over that and go, yeah, yeah, I know. No, celebrate the fact that, that we're learning and, and we're, we're remembering these things uh, as as we go. That's very important for us to remember uh, you know, what's, what's happening here. So Moses instructed them how to do this, and uh, then Moses de- demonstrated this, right, uh, back uh, when we saw them being consecrated in Leviticus chapter 8. Uh, Moses was offering these offerings himself. Now that they've been consecrated as priests, they're doing these things. So even that torch, so to say, so to speak, is being passed on. Moses did it at first for them in their consecration. Now they're doing it uh, as, as uh, consecrated priests uh, for the first time. Now Aaron's sons are doing... As they were instructed, uh, and by uh, what they heard and what they witnessed in their own consecration, so they bring the blood, uh, and he dipped his finger in it, puts it, on, puts it on the horns of the altar and at the base of the altar, and he burned the fat, and uh, like we uh, we've seen here, as the Lord commanded Moses, uh, we'll see it again, uh, time and <clears throat> excuse me, time and again here as we're going through. So uh, the flesh and the hide were burned up outside the camp, as the sin offering was supposed to, right? Now we move on in verse 12 to the burnt offering. And he killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented, he being Aaron, uh, presented to him the blood, which he sprinkled all around the altar. And they presented the burnt offering to him, and its uh, pieces and head, and he burned them on the altar. And he washed the entrails and the legs and burned them with uh, the burnt offering on the altar. So after the sin offering came, Uh, The burnt offering, similar process uh, with the blood. Uh, They presented the pieces and the head, uh, burned them on the altar and washed the entrails and the legs and then burned them, uh, which we've studied, uh, you know, all the way through uh, building up to this moment here in the last few weeks. Uh, Verse 15, then he brought uh, the people's offering. So the offerings for himself, the sin offering and the burnt offering that were required for himself are completed. Now he can minister uh, for and uh, on behalf of uh, the children of Israel. So uh, verse 15 says, Then he brought the people's offering and, and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and killed it and offered it for sin like the first one. And he brought uh, the burnt offering and offered it according to the prescribed manner. So after what was uh, re- doing what was required of him, he offered the sin offering for the people. And he's now ministering on their behalf. Uh, and, and then we see then the burnt offering. Uh, it says, in the prescribed manner, uh, God makes the rules regarding worshiping him. And we follow what he says, right? Just like they did. Uh, you know, we come to God on God's terms. And you know uh, probably what I'm going to say next. Um, but it's, I think it's important for us to understand. Uh, we as sinners come to the Lord based on how he prescribes. And that is through Jesus Christ alone. Right, First Timothy two five. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Uh, in the uh, the Hancock County Jail uh, uh, ministry, which I wasn't able to do today, they didn't have uh, enough guards to uh, transport and do all that stuff, so I didn't get to do it today. But uh, I would have been talking to them uh, about uh, John chapter two, and we were going to talk about Mary. And uh, the last recorded thing that we have of Mary speaking was for everybody to do what Jesus Christ says to do all the way back in John chapter two. That's we see Mary referenced and, and spoken of later, but the last time she speaks is in John chapter two, uh, right before he's about to turn the water into wine. Right. And yes, that was sparing the, um, uh, the host of the ceremony, uh, the embarrassment of running out of wine. But it was, if you l- read down, uh, and I think it's verse 11 where it's speaking, of uh, that that specific thing was that uh, what's written there is that the disciples were you know came to believe in him more that the disciples' faith was increased through that whole situation. But when you look at Mary, Mary uh, has unfortunately uh, in uh, throughout the world been uh, exalted to uh, what you would call a co-mediatrix. Uh, with Jesus Christ, that she's a co-mediator uh, with Jesus. Uh, so, and, and that's scary to think of because the last words she had to say were were to listen to what Jesus Christ had to say. And and then you look at the the the, the whole of the scripture, right? Uh, and uh, there that that's the last thing she has to say. She's mentioned on, later on, but the last thing Mary has to say, her, the, the mother of Jesus Christ. Uh, as far as instruction goes, right, is is uh, that we have recorded is pointing to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one uh, mediator uh, between God and man. So uh, there, there's a um, you know in in our study uh, where we're at now is what what Aaron is doing. Uh, is now he, because he has uh, fulfilled what was required of him, now he can minister on behalf of uh, the children of Israel. So uh, he's ministered on uh, his own behalf, and he's done those things, and now he's ministering on Israel's behalf. Uh, and uh, so that, that prescribed manner that's being spoken of here, what we know now is that prescribed manner is that we can go to the Lord through Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the prescribed manner. Uh so what a what a wonderful thing for us that we don't need to have a sinful man that needs to offer uh sacrifices for themselves to do all these things but we know that our high priest right as as Hebrews 7 tells us uh that he completed all that was required once for all that it was all taken care of and he's not like the earthly priests Excuse me verse 17 then he brought the grain offering took a handful of it and Uh, burned it on the altar besides the burnt sacrifice of the morning and uh, so we're seeing uh, all of these offerings being required here so this is another one besides the burnt sacrifice that was required of the morning so uh, now we're even looking at the grain offering that has been described here so he takes the handful of the grain and, and and offered that verse 18 he also killed the bull and the ram as sacrifices of peace offerings so We've seen a sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, uh, and uh, we see here now uh, the the peace offerings. And we've studied through, so if you want to go back and review, uh, please feel free to do so. But uh, now the peace offerings being described here, which were for the people. And Aaron's sons presented to him the blood, which he sprinkled around on the altar. And the fat from the bull and the ram, the fatty tail, which covers the entrails and the kidneys and the fatty lobe attached to the liver. And they put the fat on the uh, on the breast, and uh, then he burned the fat on the altar. But the breast and the right thigh Aaron waved as a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. So uh, the bull and the ram were uh, sacrifices of peace offerings uh, for the people. And then the blood was sprinkled all around. The fat was burned. Then the breast and the right thigh, like we studied last week, was offered as a wave offering right so uh they're they're offering uh, these things as a wave offering waving it side to side before the Lord uh, as Moses commanded so they're following the instruction of the leader uh, in this also so in each of these things they're following the prescribed manner of how they were to conduct themselves and uh complete these things. Verse 22, then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people, blessed them and came down from uh offering the sin offering, the burnt offering and peace offering. So Aaron blessed the people and uh this is the first of two blessings from Aaron and uh uh the, this blessing here was uh him alone and it followed the sacrifices. So he completed all the sacrifices that were required, then he, as he's coming he he blesses the people Uh, And then comes down. Now uh, we don't know what he says, but what he said. But um, this this followed the sacrifices, and uh, it would have been a time of celebration for them, and 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 it was it was a blessing uh, for for Aaron. um, Excuse me, from Aaron. So and it might have been something similar to what we've seen and and maybe uh, come to know in, in Numbers chapter six, verses. 22 through 27. We don't know for sure, but I I suspect it might have been something similar to this. And the Lord, verse 22 of Numbers 6 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they uh, shall put my... Name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And you know, what a wonderful blessing! The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. you know, guys, we could say that to each other every single day. We could say that. We could send that text uh, to each other. We could we could pick up the phone and say this bless. This is a wonderful blessing to to proclaim on somebody's life or or to to ask the Lord uh to bestow on somebody's life that he would uh, that he would bless them that he would keep them and make his face shine upon them and be gracious to you. You know that that, that that's a blessing that we could uh bless uh, on any one of us on children on uh loved ones. Uh you know brothers and sisters just asking for the Lord's blessing, right? So uh as Christians, we should be mindful of the blessings we have in the finished work of Christ, right? We just read a wonderful blessing. Uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 1, verses 3 and 7 uh, are are great uh, reminders of what the Lord has done for us and, and the blessings we, uh, we inherit as Christians. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And uh, move down to verse 7, and it says, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Now what a wonderful blessing! What what a, a thing to celebrate for us and how we have been blessed in the Lord. So uh, then, uh, so what we see here is this wonderful blessing, and uh, and Aaron blessed them, and then came down uh, after offering these things and blessing them. Verse uh, twenty three. Excuse me, just for a moment. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and the fire came down uh, from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. What an amazing thing! To have been able to witness, right? Of course, they're scared, but they're also in awe at the same time, right? And uh, so the uh, so Moses and Aaron. Once Aaron comes down, Moses and Aaron together, they walk into the tabernacle meeting, and then they came out and uh, they they bless the people. And uh, then we see uh, here that the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering. Uh, and fat upon the altar. That, you know, glory of the Lord appearing after the tabernacle uh, was complete. We saw that in uh, in Exodus chapter 40. We see a, a wonderful uh, experience for them to uh, witness again here. So uh, once the tabernacle was done, they saw the glory of the Lord coming, right? And now they, they see uh, another uh, just uh, amazing thing and, and an awesome display of God's presence and power here. So, uh, the fact that God came down and consumed the sacrifice was evidence that God was pleased with what was offered. So uh, what they did, they followed uh, the word of the Lord and uh, carefully followed what Moses had relayed to them, and God was pleased with it. And uh, and he's showing them there not only that he was pleased with it, but he was with them also. Uh, you can, if in your own study, go to uh, uh, Second Chronicles 7 and see the dedication of the temple also uh where solomon's uh temple was complete, and you'll see uh a, a, a you know the the glory of the lord uh coming uh and uh filling the temple there so uh this was you know fearful and and awesome as I said at, at the same time uh for these individuals, so no doubt joyful but also scared and over overwhelmed uh psalm two verse eleven might give us a uh you know a proper uh, way to explain this but it says uh Psalm 2 verse 11 says serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling right so both of those things uh there's uh serving him with fear and rejoicing with trembling uh that that might give our hearts something to uh some, some or our minds something to chew on that that might describe what they were uh what they were experiencing there so the sacrifices were made and they were acceptable and they all witnessed God accepting this. So uh, just this is uh, something here that, that I see uh, spoke, uh, spoke to me of our ministry uh, in life and our lives must glorify, honor, and please the Lord also. Uh, and that the Lord is going to show us uh, those, those things that, uh, that he approves of those things that are happening in our life. We're going to experience uh, his presence in our lives. Not that we can earn his presence, but as we're being obedient and following him, we're going to see him working in our lives, and that should spark uh, a a fear in our life. But it also should uh, spark a uh, uh, some joy uh, in our lives. So we should we should have that that uh, fearful reverence of the Lord, but also the joy of knowing that we walk with him at the same time. Uh, for us, so uh, you know, it, this is. Um, when, when our lives are uh, pleasing, glorifying, and honoring the Lord, then uh, you know, whatever ministry He has for our lives and the, the uh, work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is going to be powerful. There will be that powerful demonstration. Not necessarily that's going to look like that, but we'll see the demonstration within our lives, the freedom, the, the, the growth that's happening within our lives. And uh, we'll, we'll see the work of the Holy Spirit building us. And, and, and changing us. And then those around us uh, will, uh, as long as we're, right, of course, uh, if we're um, properly reflecting our Savior and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, doing those things that he calls us to do, that our, our good works are going to be seen and they're going to glorify our Father in heaven. So those things should come together uh, and uh, and glorify him. So, uh, it's it before we move on it's important to understand the order of these sacrifices are are important uh so this uh, how these sacrifices uh were uh were ordered right uh, we must uh, first be in right standing with God before we can properly minister to others just like uh Aaron had to be uh he had to go and offer those things for himself and then he could uh minister on behalf of uh the rest of uh, of Israel and uh, our lives need to be dedicated to serving him, and then we can uh, help others and uh, we can uh, it, you know, as we 're enjoying fellowship with him, then uh, we can serve others and minister to others but we can 't act like you know things are okay with us and overlook our own things. We need to be able to go to the Lord and and confess and and get things right with us and instead of because if we don 't then we start developing these spiritual um, spiritual uh, problems in our lives right where I love the way will would describe it with uh, called plank eye right we'll look at the speck in somebody else's eye but we, we don't even know that we've got a plank and the, I'll never forget the well way will described it he said you've got this plank just flying around as you're looking and knocking things over and making you know great distraction and, and destruction all around us while we're focused on somebody else but you know if we're if we're uh, properly going to the Lord and uh, confessing our sin and then asking for forgiveness, right? It's not just about asking forgiveness. There's, there's a, a confession of sin that needs to happen. There's a confession, repentance, and then asking for forgiveness, right? Those, those three things need to be uh, used together, right? Instead of just can, just asking for forgiveness and asking for forgiveness, it needs to be confession and forsaking of sin also. Uh, so uh, it's, it's for our lives to be in order, or that's the way we're going to properly be able to minister to other people. You know, we have to be right uh, with the Lord ourselves. So uh, we'll move to. Uh, I think we're doing all right on time here. Uh, Leviticus chapter ten. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord which he did not uh, had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. So this is one of those things that if we don't understand the context, we don't understand what's happening here, you might think of God as the one with a lightning bolt ready to take people out if they don't do every certain thing in their lives right, lives right. But if you look at the response Moses gives Aaron, and what is being addressed here, it says here in the end of verse 3, it says, by those who come near me, those were those that came near to him, I must be regarded as holy. So, and a glimpse in there, they were not regarding the Lord as holy. They uh, and and before, uh, and it says, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So, what we can look at, if you want to look at those things, uh, you know, might provide an. Ex- you know, there's more here that we're going to study here, but where it says that that Moses is saying to Aaron that the Lord said these things, that I must be regarded as holy, and uh, before the people, I must be glorified. These two must not have been regarding the Lord as holy and glorifying the Lord as they were supposed to as priests. So there are uh, a few things that we're going to uh, that we're going to look at that that will further explain this. Uh, they were the wrong people to be doing this. Aaron was to do this. Exodus chapter thirty verses seven through ten say this: Aaron shall burn. On it, a sweet, uh, sweet incense. Every morning, when he tends to the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering. Nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year for uh, with the blood of the sin offering of atonement once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations it is most holy to the lord so wrong people the wrong instruments they use their own censers not the high priests the high priest was was sanctified in in exodus 40 you can go back and look at that the the things that the, all the instruments that would have been used were sanctified exodus chapter 40 verse 9 uh, says and you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, and you shall hallow all uh, hallow it and all its utensils, and it shall be holy. It was the wrong time, only on the day of atonement, Leviticus chapter sixteen verses one and two. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, so this is just a few chapters away from us. Uh, that, that's going back and giving us a little bit more uh, insight on this. And it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the te- to the death of the two sons of Aaron, and uh, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil, but before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he shall die. Uh, sorry, before the mercy seat, uh, lest he shall die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. So the time was further described here in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. They had the wrong authority. Moses didn't authorize them to do this. They had the wrong fire, a strange and profane fire. I, I when I, In my study, I was blessed to see uh, Warren Weersby uh, bringing these things out. So uh, these did the wrong, the wrong, wrong. That that Warren put this together, and it was a total blessing for me to be able to to see a man that that dedicated his whole life to studying the Word of God and sharing these. That that he's pointing out all these points. So I have to make sure that you understand that uh, that I was able to uh, uh, to uh, borrow this uh, from from Weersby. It was the wrong fire, a strange and profane fire. Uh, the NIV, Tom loves the NIV, the Tom, uh, the, sorry, the NIV says it was unauthorized fire. So profane or uh, strange fire, uh, you can also look at it as, as just unauthorized. It's not the fire that God had authorized. Uh, so the high priest was to do it. They were to burn incense on the coals of the brazen altar, right? That, that was where they were supposed to get that from. And Nadab and Abihu uh, supplied their own fire and God rejected it. And based on the response that, that Moses gave to Aaron, uh, we can understand that there was a wrong motive here. They didn't seek to glorify God alone. So it might have been they offered in their own pride or in their own self-importance, uh, and uh, they, they can't assume that because Dad was high priest that they could do these things. Uh, these, uh, so you know we, we, one thing that we, we can glean from this is we must be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit Uh, and controlled by his word, right? So all along, we've seen as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded. Then these guys do as they wanted to do, or as they understood to do. They didn't do as the Lord commanded, or as uh, as Moses or Aaron um, uh, had had commanded. They just took these things and did those things uh, on their own. So a lesson for us, we must be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and controlled by God's word when we're to move forward and, and do things to minister. So, uh, so uh, they they did, and uh, which He had not commanded. Uh, so, for us, there would be uh, some things to learn here that we must do as God says, and don't do things on our own. We might misrepresent Him or offend Him. Don't add or take away uh, from uh, the gospel as we're sharing. Uh, sharing it. Uh, we, we shouldn't dilute uh, dilute the gospel or um, uh, or or any type of our service that it would be clear that we're serving God and uh, that we're seeking to please him and that we wouldn't be taking any glory from him. So uh, fire went out from the Lord and and devoured them and they died uh, before the Lord. So then Moses goes and he addresses the issue with Aaron. I mean kind of has to at that point, right? Otherwise, Aaron's looking at him, going, "What just happened?" Right, and uh, so he does, and 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 he explains that the Lord must be regarded as holy, and before the people, uh, uh, the Lord must be glorified. And how they offered profane offering, which showed they didn't uh, regard the Lord as holy, and uh, they uh, the way they served him didn't glorify him before the people. So uh, they lost their lives. So. Uh, one, another takeaway from this is we can't just preach obedience; we actually have to exercise it in our own lives. Uh, we have to obey the word, again carefully obey the word of the Lord. You know, when the Lord tells us to do something or not do something, we can't turn that thing around to to uh, where we say, "Well, I'm going to apply that now, but I don't really want to apply it," you know, at that point or whatever. No, if if the Lord's our Lord and Savior, right? We've we've talked about this. Uh, we, we we love to celebrate that jesus christ is our savior but we also must submit our lives and celebrate that he is our lord the one that gives us um you know our our commands our, our marching orders uh for any uh, here military right and and we we uh, any of us can kind of understand that though we're told what to do and, and we do those things uh from the lord our our lord we must uh, live um in in a way that pleases him So uh, we we can't just preach obedience. Uh, We have to exercise in our lives also. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 26 says, Her priests, uh, Israel's priests, have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, nor uh, have they made known the difference between unclean and clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbaths uh, so that I am profaned among them. Uh, so that they weren't to conduct themselves these way and that uh, these ways, and uh, Ezekiel had to address it also. Uh, that that the Lord would, uh, you know, say these things, and and uh, Ezekiel had to uh, address those things also. So it was uh, something that continued. Unfortunately, you'd think they would have learned from that, right? Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't, and uh, they they weren't learning the lesson. So, uh, but when Moses gives the explanation, Aaron held his peace. It says. So this is one of the examples of God judging sin uh, so dramatically so that the people would learn to, uh, to fear him and, and to pay attention and obey his word. Uh, Joshua chapter 7, you can see Achan's disobedience being um, uh, ending in the same way. You can see Uzzah when he reached out and touched the ark uh, in 2 Samuel 6. He lost his life. Acts chapter 5, which we studied uh, months ago uh, in our study uh, there uh, on Sunday mornings uh, showed that Ananias and Sapphira came and uh, they were offering uh, a, a fake offering uh, to the Lord. Uh, they, were, they were trying to kind of trick God and we saw how that ended to th- for them. They both lost their lives. So uh, essentially what we can learn from this is serve God acceptably and with fear. Uh, that's the way we should. You know, that's that's really a uh, um, it's a command on our lives, right? That's not really something that we um, we can decide whether we want to do or not. No, it's a commandment, and we're either in obedience to that, or we're not. So uh, we just need to live our lives uh, the way we should. Hebrews chapter twelve verses 28 and 29 say, "Therefore, since we are receiving the kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace." by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Right? We just saw uh, the consuming fire, and how do we fear God uh, and, and serve Him acceptably? The key there is grace. Letting the grace of the Lord change us, right? We accept God's grace, and then we start walking in the grace of the Lord. And and as we're walking in the grace of the Lord, uh, then we're going to experience His blessings, and and uh, and uh, we're going to see our lives changed and our lives built up by the Holy Spirit. And then we want to we this this is something we delight in, uh, because grace is reigning in our hearts and not our sinful flesh reigning uh, within our hearts. Uh, but uh, we it's it's something that we must do, and we must serve God acceptably. Uh, and with reverence, as as Hebrews 12 uh, tells us. So these guys were serving God, uh, but they weren't doing it reverently, and they weren't giving him the glory. We are commanded to do so um, uh, in the Scriptures. Verse 4, Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, uh, the sons of uh, uh, Uziel, the son of Aaron, and said to him, Come near, carry uh, your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near, and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, uh, as Moses said. So that's tough duty for those guys, right? And it says he grabs them by the the tunics. You ever had to move something that you don't really want to touch? Essentially, they're grabbing them by the tunics, being very careful in, in what they're doing. Uh, and they were commanded by Moses to remove them and to drag them outside the camp. Uh, you know, they obeyed, they carried them out, but, uh, Um, that's uh, not wonderful for them. I'm sure that was uh, an unpleasant thing that they needed to do, but they needed to do it uh, because Moses was their leadership and and they were uh, um, obedient to their leadership and uh, and did it. Verse 6, And Moses said to Aaron and to Eliezer and Ithamar his sons, Do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, he's speaking of mourning, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the, the whole house of Israel, be well, uh, the burning which the Lord has kindled. Uh, you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to to the word of Moses so they were told don't tear your clothes don't uh, in mourning you have responsibilities and sacrifices of, of ministry right now uh, you know let the whole house, house of Israel uh, be well uh, but you don't leave uh, you have the anointing oil of the Lord on you uh, and they it says that they did as they were told so uh, even in a time where uh, it, it's difficult for them to do so uh, they were blessed in being obedient to, uh, the word of the Lord through their leader. Uh, they were told not to do these things and, uh, they, they obeyed. Uh, there's a, another strong lesson for us. Uh, there are lessons all through in, uh, disobedience and obedience that we're reading through here. And, uh, you know, careless, uh, f- uh following or, uh, that, that careless representation, uh, those are, those are, uh, Examples that we've seen here that are, are very powerful for us to learn from, uh, that we would, uh, you know, you know, gain uh, uh, wisdom in learning and understanding and applying to our lives as we're reading through these. So we've seen uh, the disobedience, uh, that also didn't end very well for them, and uh, and then the dis, uh, the obedience, and uh, that that they were doing what they were supposed to do, and uh, we saw that as. Uh, as we've been reading so far, as they did what they were supposed to do, they saw, visually saw God's approval, right? When the fire came down and consumed and When uh, there, there was disapproval, the fire came down and, and consumed in a different way, right? So we just need to be uh, taking these things as a lesson of obedience. Obedience to the Lord isn't, uh, isn't necessarily one of those things that we should be looking at as optional as Christians. It's not, it's not optional. You know What the Word says is how we're supposed to live our lives if we're living our lives contrary to what the Word of God says, we're the ones that are wrong. We're the ones that are, are sinning. It's not that God's law is wrong or that, that God is sinning. It's, it's us that are sinning. So there are some great examples that we've seen uh, in a reading here. So even, even though these guys were told, hey, uh, now is not your time to mourn. They're going to mourn. You're here uh, to serve. And it says they did it. So, uh, and, and, and we get a, an interesting glimpse into this at the end of this chapter of, of how they mourned and, uh, and, uh, they still were obedient to the Lord. So this is, this is quite interesting. Uh, when we get near the end here, verse eight says, then the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, do not drink wine or intoxicating drinks. So this is, uh, a, 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 uh, instruction on the priests of, uh, how they were conduct themselves. Uh, so, God is even prescribing their conduct. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, "Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout all your uh, throughout your generations, that you may distinguish between holy and ho- unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes uh, which the Lord has spoken." To them by the hand of Moses, right? Did you do you see these key words here? They probably sound familiar because he's saying it shall be a statute forever, verse ten, that you may be able to distinguish between holy and holy, and between unclean and clean, right? We just read that in Ezekiel twenty-two. You know, God God makes things very clear. It's not like there are these mysterious things that you just have to figure out, right? There's not this map with a bunch of clues and hey, you got to figure out how to be obedient to God. No, he very clearly. Uh, you know, spells these things out in the Scripture. And then uh, what we see uh, in different times throughout the Scripture of people disobeying these things. But uh, when Moses spoke to Aaron, he gave very specific instruction that they were not to drink wine or intoxicating drink when they went into the tabernacle meeting. So after what had happened with Nadab and Abihu. Uh, maybe they they had maybe this is being brought up as some sort of clue that maybe they were under the influence and and they made bad decisions. I don't know. Uh, I I can't really make a dogmatic stance on that or anything, but uh, it is included here, so you know it might give some insight. But I wouldn't uh, go crazy in trying to figure that out or not because we don't know. Um, but I don't imagine there was much arguing <laughs> when when this came down. Like oh okay yeah those guys just got toasty fried and. Um, I'm, you know they're not saying that. You know it's his, his dad. You know th- these are his sons. But essentially, uh, God has Moses, uh, Aaron's ear, and uh, where this uh, these instructions are here, I'm, I'm sure they were probably like, yep, good to go. Now uh, this seem guys shouldn't this seem like it's something pretty straightforward? Like we shouldn't be participating in wine and strong drink where we're meeting uh, in the name of the Lord. I say this, guys, because there are Bible studies that are called beerable studies. Beerable studies. And I think even recently I heard of one, what was it, bourbon bibles and bourbon beer and bibles or something, if if anybody has the proper term, local churches in this area incorporating people drinking these drinks and studying the Bible. It's dumber than it sounds. Right when you combine what's being said and what just happened, what we just read, they 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 are 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 just uh, playing play, playing with fire, right? Twisted, it is very twisted. You're absolutely right, guys. We should not be partaking in those things and reading the word, especially here, especially, right? You guys know where I stand on that. I don't think any of us should drink, right? And there are strong warnings all through the scriptures about drinking and and. And what drinking can do to our lives, right? Okay, let's 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 talk. What if what if the description what if the discussion was, let's all smoke pot, and then we'll study the Bible. Guarantee that's happened, right? Right? And you know how I know that happened? I, well, I I might be missing, mixing up stories. I'm probably mixing up stories, so I'm not going to do that. But I remember Will sharing a story, and um, I, I think these guys were under the influence of something. And Will and his friend just happen to be out and run into these guys that are intoxicated, and Will shares the gospel with them. And you know, and and and, because they're all like tripping out on whatever they're on, and and Will is is able to speak the truth to them. But guys, it it would be that stupid, right? We don't, we're not supposed to act like the world and bring the world into the church. No, 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 no. We're supposed to be separate. Be separate. That stuff has no place within the church. Beer, wine, strong drink, uh, drugs, whatever else has no no business here. We know, guys, there there are uh, churches that that were inviting people to, uh, I think it was last year, to Super Bowl parties and giving them beer as they're coming in the door. What if someone has a massive problem with alcohol in their life? And you're putting that massive stumbling block in front of them, and, and and you're saying you might have a problem. I don't know that, but here, have, have a drink, and you take them right down the wrong path. I think they were they were giving away two beers. I think they were giving away two beers. It's been a long time since I've had any alcohol, but I know two de- two beers in my in my system would get me a little bit buzzed. And then what am I to do? Drive home? What happens then? What am I, what am I gonna, what's going to happen then? You know what? That really tasted good. I'm going to go get some more on the way home. And I'm going to get some more later on in the week. They're putting stumbling blocks in front of people. These things, So what, what God is saying here is, when you come into my house, when you come in to minister, this cannot be a part of your life. It should not. It can't be a part of this place specifically is really what he's talking about. Inside there. Alcohol has no business in the church. Why is it happening today? Why is it happening today? Why would we do those things? I don't know. All right. Guys, get the point that that angers me, right? Serving God is not to be taken lightly. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. We just talked about this on Sunday night, Tom, didn't we? Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Wine, strong drink, drug, whatever it is, it's never going to bring fulfillment. What what are we going to be filled with that we're going to be satisfied? The Holy Spirit. That's where we're going to find fulfillment. That's where we're going to find peace, comfort, strength. That's where we're going to find all of these things is in the Holy Spirit. Nothing man can make is ever going to uh, fulfill anything that we really need, any desire that we have. So God just makes it clear, when you come here, you better not be drunk. You better not be drinking when you're in my house serving people. uh, Serving me and serving on behalf of people and ministering to people. You're not supposed to be doing that. Verse 12, and Moses spoke to Aaron and Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons who were left. That's kind of tough, who were left, right? Uh, take the grain offering that remains of the offerings made by fire to the Lord and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. For you uh, you shall eat it in a holy place because it is your due and your son's due and of the sacrifices made by fire to the Lord, uh, for so I have commanded. So they were to uh, take that, eat it in a holy place. We discussed that last week. So the reminder there, Moses is telling them, hey, you got food to eat. Uh, go ahead and eat it, right? And verse 14 says, the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering, right? So the wave offering side to side, heave, uh, the uh, heave offering would be up and down. Uh, of the heave offering, uh, you shall eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you, uh, for they are your due and your sons due. So this was how they were provided for, right? Uh, we've discussed that uh, in past studies, which you which are given from the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of Israel the thigh of the heave offering and the breast of the wave offering they shall bring with the offerings made by fire and uh, to offer as a wave offering before the Lord and it shall be yours and your sons with you by a statute forever as the Lord has commanded you so a wonderful provision from God hey you're going to get the breast and the right thigh uh, you need to wave them and heave them and then enjoy them right along with uh, the the grain offerings go ahead and eat your meal Uh, and be provided for. They weren't just there to be eat, right? You can't muzzle an ox uh, when it's out treading, right? It it needs to be able to eat while it's working. It's the same here. Uh, Or if you want to apply it as a workman's worthy of his hire, it's the same uh, principle, right? They're working, they're getting provided for, and God is taking care of them, and they get these wonderful feasts uh, as a result of doing their jobs. Uh, Verse 16, Then Moses made careful inquiry about the goat of the sin offering, and there it was, burned up. And he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, who were left, saying, Why have you not eaten the sin offering in a holy place since it is most holy? And God has given it to you to bear uh, the guilt of the congregation and to make atonement uh, for them before the Lord. See, its blood was not brought, brought inside the holy place. Indeed, you should have eaten it in a holy place as I commanded. And Moses uh, And Aaron said to Moses, Look. This day they have, uh, they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? So when Moses heard that, he was content. You know, Moses is coming in and he thinks, what are you guys doing? You're, art, you're, you're Seriously, you're disobeying. And Aaron has to explain what's happened here. You know, Aaron couldn't eat the food that was commanded because, out of a good conscience because he was sorrowful in the loss of his son. And uh, he didn't want to be a hypocrite. He didn't want to try to uh, fool God. So he fasted rather than ate. So, and that's what he's explaining. Hey, look, you know, we don't want to be here, but I'm not going to try to fool God. I'm not going to be a hypocrite, but I'm fasting. You know, I, I lost my sons and that's why we haven't, uh, we haven't uh, partaken in these. And Aaron obeyed the spirit of uh, of the commandment. He didn't do those things, but in the spirit he, he did o- obey the spirit of commandment. It would have been an insincere uh, act of worship before the Lord uh, if he would have obeyed the letter. So Moses uh, what you see here is is uh, you know Moses says, okay, I understand the explanation. The initial part was Moses saw the outward appearance and it, and it looked like disobedience, uh, but essentially, God understood what was happening in Aaron's heart, and when Aaron was able to share that with Moses, there w- there was no longer uh, anything there. And now we've seen that before, right? Where uh, where it's explained in the Scripture that God man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. You'll see that in First Samuel chapter sixteen. Uh, essentially, here also, when we understand, you know, God looks on on the uh, inside and sees the matters of our heart, right? Um, We'll, we'll end with this scripture, First John chapter three, verses twenty and twenty-one. Say, for if our heart condemns uh, condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You know, Aaron had confidence. Aaron Aaron wasn't trying to be sinful or anything, but he knew uh, that in his heart he wasn't uh, there wasn't true uh, uh, celebration there, and he said, you know what, you, you got to understand what's happening here. Uh, and I didn't want to do this as a hypocrite and uh he um you know obeyed in the spirit the spirit of the commandment and I uh, didn't want to try to fool God uh so he just uh rather than eating he fasted and and God uh, understood that uh and uh, and also when Moses heard that uh he understood it and that was the end of that so some really deep things here that we might just read and go uh, Oh, okay yeah, da, 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 okay they, they dealt with that but but to understand what we've read today of obedience and, and disobedience and and uh, even even the sincerity in, in worship. Uh, so there, there's a lot there to chew on. I encourage you to go back and read these and uh, and ask the Lord to continue to speak to you. But uh, uh, a lot of meat to chew on, right? Uh, and uh, for us to, you know, uh, chew and, and digest. This is how we grow, guys, that being together uh, and uh, that, that as we're together, you know, those... Um, uh, the the blessing we see, or see, our spirits uh, are, are are stirred up, and uh, we're edified, we're built as a church. So there's a wonderful blessing of being together in God's word. Amen. Amen. Father, we are so grateful for your word and how you lead and guide us through it. Father, help us to uh, apply what we've read, to understand it, to to dive deeper into our faith to follow you closely, to, uh, to heed your word, right? To, 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 sorry, to heed your word, Lord. God, that we uh, would know you, that we would please you and bring you glory and honor in all that we say and all that we do, that our lives would be pleasing to you. And Lord, that they would uh, be uh, lights to the, the lost and broken world around us. And that there would be a uh, a pointing to you and uh, that that when people see our lives, they hear our words, they would uh, witness what you've done. And it would draw them to you and bring you uh, glory and and honor and uh, that would lead to salvation. Lord, in these last days, help uh, the church not to sleep, but to be about uh, living for you and pleasing you in sincerity.